welcome to the Connection Church Dublin Sermon Podcast. Our mission is to connect people to a growing relationship with Jesus. One of the ways we do that is through the preaching of God's Word, centered on the gospel of Jesus Christ. Here's this week's message. You here at Connection Church. Uh, if you're a first time here, my name is Buck, uh, and I have the privilege of serving as the lead pastor. And so uh, today is calls for celebration, y'all. We have four people that have said yes to Christ uh, that will be getting baptized after service, so we can celebrate that. Um, and man, just want to share with you, if you're new here, the reason we get excited uh, is because Jesus is alive, and uh, He is moving, and He is here changing lives. Uh, today. And so, man, we are pumped that you're here. And so, if you have your Bibles, you can go ahead and open those to Acts chapter 2. We'll be in Acts chapter 2, starting in verse uh, 42. And real quickly, as you saw in the video, uh, this series is all about uh, what it means to be heart and soul. And uh, so, this this idea comes from uh, a passage in 1 Samuel 14. And what we've been talking about uh, is that being heart and soul uh, means that we are a unified group of people around Jesus moving together in faith toward a worthy cause, right? And so the last two weeks, um, we talked about that that means starting out with being heart and soul with Jesus, that really everything we do here uh, is all about Christ and what He has done, for He is our Savior, He is the author of life, and really everything is about Him, for Him, uh, and done through Him. And so today, uh, we're going to be talking about what it means to be heart and soul with God's church, right? So being heart and soul here with Connection means being heart and soul with God's church. And so uh, two questions I'm going to be answering uh, is this, is um, what is God's church, okay? What is God's church, and why should I be a part of it, right? So one, let's define what is a church, and then secondly, uh, we all have crazy schedules, we all have lots going on in our life. Why should I commit to being part of the church? And so I'm pumped for the day, excited about that. And I want to talk a little bit about um, how I would answer uh, that question, and so I grew up in church. Uh, church has always been uh, a part of my life. Uh, my parents uh, took me fairly, fairly frequently. And if I looked over the course of my life, uh, I like statistics, um, I would say I'm a solid, remember, over the course of my life. Now, I, I preach the Bible every week, so pretty consistent. Uh, I'm going to be here. But over the course of my life, I would say I would have averaged uh, about 1.8 times a month Uh, being at church, or at least being in a Bible study in some sort uh, of influence. And so the way I looked at the church um, is that it was a building and a place to go. Uh, I remember thinking uh, that that my folks said, this is important. And uh, and so we went to this place, and I remember um, going, sitting through, uh, kind of like checking off the box. I did the good thing with the good people, and there was really no correlation between that hour of service and the rest of my life, right? Like, so I, I came and I did the thing, did my hour, I put in my time, then I went and ate and I went about my life. And there was really these two compartments uh, of like, there was a place to go and then you got it done and then you, you go the rest of your life. And, um, and one of the things that, that happened to me that really changed everything is someone invited me to participate in the life of the church. Hear that again, that, that someone invited me to actually participate in the church. And I, I want to let you know, when, when I was invited to participate, 
to actually be a part of things going on in the church. When someone invited me to be a part of Bible studies, I'll tell you what happened. I began to see why the church existed because what began to happen, friends, family, people began to have their life changed in these gatherings. And I began to see that it was not so much just a preacher and a message, but it was a movement of people that were alive and participating uh, in the life of the church, right? And so um, I think you guys would all agree, okay, that we live in a place that all of us were in the Bible Belt. I would guarantee most of us have been to a VBS. Uh, most of us have some church experience. And really what we're getting is, hey, as long as you get Jesus, a one-time decision, you sign the card, you check that off, that is essential, right? That Jesus is essential, but the church is optional. Hear that one more time, right? That we hear that Jesus is essential, like you make sure you do that thing, and church becomes optional. And what I want to encourage you with today is this, is that Christ Jesus did not just come uh, to die for buildings, he died for people, right? And we are the people that make up the church. And so I want to show you this in Scripture. So read with me Acts 2, 42 through 47. This is what it says. And to give you a little context, one of my favorite passages in all the Bible, um, this was uh, after Jesus died and resurrected and went back to heaven. Um, this is what happened. A, a group of people trusted in his name, and they began to meet together, and this is what it looked like. So let's look in verse 42. It says, They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. For us, that would be the Bible, right? Uh, to, the fellow, to fellowship to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Verse 43, everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day, they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and join the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. And so when we look at the essentials of the church, there's two things, man, that may rock your world. And imagine that you have no clue, never been to a church, wouldn't know what it is. What we see in this passage is the church is not a building. The church is not a service. A church is a family to belong to. Hear that again. The church is not a building, it's not a service, but it's a people to belong to. And I want you to take this with you. So a biblical church is a community of people. So let's define the church. First question, what is a church? The church is a community of people centered around Jesus, right? So Jesus is the head, and it is a community uh, of people. And again, what I want you to know is this. In talking about attending church. And, and man, what, what makes church special is it's not the place, it's the people. It's the people of God that gather together. Wouldn't you guys agree that there's a presence here when the people of God gather that you will not get on your own in this world? There's something here that's different. And what makes it special, listen, this is a theater, right? <laughs> we don't own this thing. What makes it special are you. What makes it special is Jesus and his spirit being here with us. And what I want you to know is that so many times we see a place and an hour as sacred. But again, I want to remind you, Christ didn't die for sanctuaries. He died for people. We are the people. We are the church. 
And what makes it holy is Jesus and people. And so I want to point out um, some things in Acts 42. Uh, I say it unapologetically. Uh, This is the vision of our church. Man, I I read this about six, seven years ago, and I was captivated. Because, man, this is a church like I want to be a part of something like that. Man, man, look at how they behave. Let's look at uh, five things here, Um, six things. Number one, uh, they were devoted. It says that they were devoted to priorities and not programs. Hear that one more time. They had devotion to the Bible. They had devotion to fellowship. That's with each other. That's life on life. That's people actually knew and, knew and care about. They didn't sit on a pew and judge one another. They loved one another. right? They, they, they did life together. They were devoted to fellowship, to the Bible, to the breaking of bread. That's, that's talking about communion. They were devoted to Jesus. They were people that are about Christ. Right? And it says they were devoted to prayer. And when they were devoted to these priorities and not 25 programs, it says that God moved in power and the apostles did great works among them. I guarantee you, marriages were healed. Kids were healed. Right? Brokenness and sin were restored. Lost people were saved. People were getting baptized. God was moving. Right? Because they kept it simple. They kept it about the main thing. They were devoted. Secondly, this church was obviously powerful. Right? The, the many things I talked about, people were being saved. It said God was adding to their number daily. It was growing. Man, it was awesome. Number three, this is huge. In a world full of disunity, what does it say in verse 44? All the believers were together. They had everything in common. They had an uncommon unity. Right? Like, like Christ and their life in Christ was so much a part of what they were doing and the people were together. Man, they looked like a unified movement moving together in the same direction. And it was changing communities. Everywhere this church was going, it was moving in power. They were unified. In verse, uh, in verse 45, they sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Uh, the church was taking care of one another. They were loving and serving one another. They were providing for one another. And then fifth, they were in community. Notice something here. I want you guys to look where they were gathering. It says that verse 46, every day they continue to meet together in the temple courts. This would be a large gathering. This would be a more formal style of worship. They would meet together to hear someone teach in the temple courts. Sound familiar, right? But I want you to check this out. That was not the end of their worship. It says, and they broke bread where? In their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts. That sounds a lot like a small group. Wouldn't you guys agree? That there was a great time of worship on Sunday, but their worship wasn't confined to Sunday. Right? There was a great time of worship, but it, it really led into the way they did life with their people. Man, they took care of one another. They did life in community. And, and real life change was happening in community. Right? The, the way they did life together. And then lastly, man, this is, this is my heartbeat. Verse 47. Praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people, the Lord added to their number daily. Those who are being saved. Those outside of this church looked into that church and said, that's something I need to be a part of. The community looked at the church and said, this is awesome. Right? It was attractive. It, it moved them. Man, like, that, like they were gaining influence and, and, and leading people to Jesus. Man, isn't this awesome? Right? 1 Peter 2, 9, I want you guys to read this. This is what it says. And, and this is the description of the church, who we are. It says, but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, 
Right? I'm going to stop right there. Notice that we are a chosen people. Remember, I want to reiterate this so you take this home. What is a church? The church is a community of people. We are a chosen people. God picked us out of darkness and brought us into light to bring us together to worship him. So I want you to know that, again, a church is a community of people. Right? And, man, I, I want to talk about this and talking about real life change happening in community. And so I pray, man, if you're new here, you've been coming here for a while, I I pray you felt welcome. Like we are beyond excited that you're here, right? We're excited about not this place, but we're excited about the people because see, it's all about the people. That's what uh, a church is. And so if you're new, what we do uh, is we meet together in homes, a group of eight to 12 people. Uh, This is my plug for it. It is awesome. Uh, We eat great food. If you come to my group anyway, we eat great food. Uh, we share a meal, we share life together, we talk about our week, like what's going on at work, things we can be praying for, and then we spend an hour uh, opening up the Bible, discussing one another the truths of the Bible in a relational environment with people we genuinely care about. I mean, it is awesome. There's no judgment in these homes, right? But it's a place where you can come and connect to Christ with people that you actually know and want to be with and belong. And man, it's just life-changing. And so um, I want to talk about the first small group I ever led when we were at Connection Church Fidelia. Uh, My my roommate, Billy Shiver, planted the church. And honestly, and and Carly, you can back me up on this, uh, I think when he gave us the first Connect group, uh, we got the most uh, diverse, the most like like those people, right? (laughs) Like the ones that kind of didn't fit anywhere, they're like, hey, Buck, hey, hey, buddy, here you go. Good luck, right? I mean, we had one girl, listen, uh, her, her cat died and said she saw God in a dream, and that's why she came, right? That's one. I'm not joking. I'm making this up, all right? Uh, the second guy, like, he grew up all over, military guy, and, and uh, his, his wife, they were just quirky, man, just super quirky. And so you've kind of got that crowd, and then um, I got my one friend who is a recovering addict, um, who, who has just gotten on fire for the Lord and is coming. Then I got my sports buddies, kind of the I'm telling you, man, it was a mixed bag. Y'all hear me? I mean, it was a mixed bag. And man, I, I'm going to be real honest with you. That to this day is some of the most genuine, uh, best, loving, God-moving times in my entire life. Because the one thing we all had in common is the desire to learn more about Jesus, and that was more than enough. Man, it, it drew us together in community. And when Carly and I got asked to lead a connect group, I can't tell you what that did for our marriage. That, man, to hear us open up about an awkward topic, we never talked about where we were with God. But, man, it, it was an environment where we heard each other talk and the Bible was open and it started to create a, a closeness between us that did not exist before. I can't tell you what it did for my spiritual growth. Right, that, that I was in an environment where we were opening up the Bible in community and growing together, getting fired up about this guy um, spending time with God, this person working on their marriage, this person invested in their kids. And man, it spurred on growth, and it was something that I could not wait for. Tuesday nights were the best night of the week, and this is how it ended. I want you to know something, okay? There was one couple in there. Uh, she was a single mom, had a child, husband, uh, Uh, our boyfriend, I don't think they ever got married, he kind of left her. And so we had a single mom, and every week we prayed and we prayed and we prayed uh, for God to send send someone into her life to love her and her her son. And this guy uh, named Cliff comes into the picture. 
And they're dating, and he comes in the cl- uh, to group, and, and Cliff fit in just like the rest of them, right? Cliff had his own way, right? And, uh, and so Cliff and her started dating, and Cliff came to me, and I'm telling you, one of the best moments of my life. He came to me, and he said, Buck, I've got a cake. Um, I, I want to propose to Anna right here in your living room with our group. Well, I said, well, Cliff, like, don't you want to, you know, be with your family? He said, you guys are my family. That happens. And that's the kind of community I believe church. And this is what I would say. If people ask, what are you doing at Connection? We're not doing a new thing. We're trying to embrace the original idea. We're not trying to do something different. This is what God said. It's a community. It's a family of people that you can come. No matter who you are, what you've done, where you come from, we believe God meets us where we are if we'll be honest about where we are. And just say yes to uh, our next step. So I want to ask a few questions here as I describe this family. One, have you ever belonged to a spiritual family? I didn't ask if you attended, but have you ever belonged to a spiritual family? Because this is what God offers us in the church. Uh, Secondly, I want you to ask this. Um, I want you to ask yourself this question, okay? How might things begin to change if I said yes to this family? How might my life begin to change? And I want you to meditate on that and the importance of uh, the, the church, the body of Christ. Now, secondly, um, now I want you to take this with you. So again, remember, I kind of talked about, um, you know, this, the, like Jesus and then church is optional, right? I, I want you to know it's a both end. In fact, I would say it like this. The church is essential for God's people, right? The church is essential for the people of God, right? It's, it's not necessarily like it's always an option, but to grow in Christ, it is indeed essential, right? Now, Christ has done everything it took to save you, to, to forgive your sins, to give you a relationship with God. But if you remember last week, I said um, this relationship, we have accountability for it to be cultivated and grown. And here we go with the church. And so um, I, I want you to know this, and I want to speak to something here. And you don't have to raise your hand, but how many of you would say you've experienced some church hurt at some point in your life? Oh, yeah, there's hands going up. Listen, mine's up. How many of you have seen some hypocrisy in the church? Mm, yeah, I see mm, a lot of mm, right? Yeah, like no doubt, right? How, how many, you know, you've been personally hurt by the church? Well, I, I want to let you know something, and I'm, this is coming from a pastor. I'm sorry you went through that. I, I've walked through some of that bout myself, and, uh, and, and, and I know how deeply those wounds are, how bad it feels. But what I want to encourage you with today is this, okay? Don't judge a perfect Savior by imperfect people following him. Don't judge a perfect Savior by imperfect people following him. Now, I want to be the very best pastor I can be. I pray, seek God for you. I want to preach the word in truth. But I want to let everybody know something here. I will fail you because I'm one of those imperfect people. Give it enough time, I'll make a decision that doesn't make someone happy. I'll say something wrong from here. I I will do that. But I want to hear it on the front end of the standard of righteousness and the standard of why we gather is not for me or anyone else. It's for our risen Savior. And listen, he loved the church so much. In Ephesians 5, 25, I want you to think about the times you've hurt Jesus with decisions in your life. Right? I want you to think on that, okay? In Ephesians 5, 25, it says, for Christ's love the church, okay? Husbands and wives love your, uh, husbands love your wives just as Christ loved the church, who gave himself up for her. Christ loved imperfect people like me and you so much that he died for us, right? And so to love Jesus and say we hate his church is incompatible because Jesus died for the people. 
And he calls us as Christians to belong to the people. So you see that not only when we are adopted into God's, uh, not only when we are adopted uh, by God through Christ, we're not just adopted to be lone wolves out there, like daggum, you know, rogues out there. No, he adopts us to become a part of God's family, right? To be a part of the body. And one thing I know, if you have the Holy Spirit living in you and you become a part of the body, a body part, a body part don't flourish when it's been cut off from the body. Man, if a hand gets going, it's not going to flourish, crawl around out there in the woods or something, right? Listen, you need to be connected to the body in the same way we see this uh, in the passage. So, um, not the hand part, that was a little weird, but listen, uh, it's a little gory. Uh, yeah, we're all adults here, most of us. Anyway, okay, uh, so yeah, and, and what I want you to know um, is that committing to the church, maybe you're a once a monther. Maybe you're a C&E, right? You're a Christmas and Easter, baby, right? You're C, you got a C&E thing going on. I, I, I want to encourage you, men, women, okay? Listen, committing to the church, all right? It doesn't make you any less manly or whatever. Listen, you, you come to God as you are and you be you in Christ, right? I mean, I, I just want you to know that um, you come in four days out of the year, it ain't going to change your life. But when you come here, uh, four, or four days out of the month, when you come here four days out of the month uh, seeking Jesus and wanting to be with his people, Jesus is going to change your life. He's going to change your habits. He's going to change your marriage. He's going to change your family. He's going to change your friends. He's going to change you for the better, just simply by belonging to the people. Again, nothing special about this place, nothing special about this time frame, but there is something special about our Jesus and his people. He will change you, right? So um, let me explain this right here. So you're saying, but the church is essential. You're saying, I need to be with God's people. You're saying, I need to be committed to this. Well, what does the church provide? I want you to take these things with you. First of all, the church is essential for fellowship, right? This community I've been talking about. The church is essential for fellowship. It provides fellowship. Now, I know many of you, you grew up with some of my roots. When I think fellowship... Y'all crank on them fryers. We got fried chicken in the social hall. Amen? We're going to have some fellowship. And though that's awesome, right? But when we talk about this word fellowship, let me tell you what fellowship and care looks like. Fellowship and care looks like when, you're, when you lose your job and there's brothers and sisters come to rally around you, pray for you. Uh, fellowship looks like when we're down on our luck, we got people that are in the trenches. Fellowship looks like we're having a, a terrible week and someone comes and picks up our kids to watch them for us. Fellowship looks like someone going through a trying time and people coming and financially saying, hey, I, I'll do whatever you need. Man, that's a partnership. That's a, that's a way of life, right? And that's what the church provides. It provides a way. And wouldn't you guys agree that when we're with the body of Christ, it is different when we're with our normal places in the world. Right? We, we need fellowship. We need people caring for us and knowing that no matter what happens in this world, we're not in it alone. We got people that got our back. And that's what the church provides. Secondly, the church provides encouragement. Church is essential for encouragement. The Bible tells us um, in, in Hebrews 10, 24 and 25, don't miss this. Remember, showing up, being accountable, being engaged with the people. It says, and let us consider how, to, how we may spur one another up on toward love and good deeds. Not giving up meeting together, 
as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. This should be a place where we stir one another up. We encourage one another. Listen, I'm going to preach the Bible, and the Bible addresses sin, and sin convicts, but I want to let you know something. I'm always going to leave you with hope, because that's what we have in the gospel. It's a place where you can be encouraged. And listen, okay, I'm telling you, it says, well, and I'm going to go off a rabbit trail here. I believe many of us are struggling when 2020 hit is God severed our fellowship and encouragement with the body. It disconnected us from a place where we can begin to hear spiritual life and encouragement. It says that these are the kind of relationships we should be fostering as we gather together, as we should spur one another on to invite that next person to church to have that quiet time with your kids, to, to, to do the things that God has called us to. We need people rallying us. And I just want to let you know, I'm a better pastor when I have people encouraging me. And I know it's the same with you. When someone is encouraging you, you're going to be spurred on to live a life God's called us to. Amen? This place ain't dead. It's alive because Christ is alive. And we're going to preach life here. The th- I want you to see this. The church provides accountability. Man, we all need accountability. Listen, I want you to know, I need men in my life to call me out, right? I need it. I need men in my life that when I'm headed somewhere I don't need to go, they love me enough to share, hey, I see this. I need, man, you need to come back to Christ. I'm not excused from that. I don't know what you know about preachers, but we're not there yet. God's doing a work in me. And so what it says in James 5, 16, it says, therefore, confess your sins to each other. And listen what we do. When we have safe, and listen, I'm not telling you to shout to the rooftops all the stuff you've done. That's not what I'm saying. All right? Some of it, man, y'all give it to yourself, right? But listen. But when we have trusted relationships in the church, right, it says that we can confess our sin to one another. And listen what it's met with. Not judgment and pushing away, but we lean in and pray. It says that when we confess our sins to one another, we pray for each other so that you may be healed. Man, that's powerful. Remember that early church was devoted to prayer? This is how when we go through struggle and difficulty, our struggles and brokenness is met with love and prayer. And I believe the church should be a place where we can foster that kind of environment. Amen. The church also provides a place for growth and discipleship. It provides discipleship. And so what discipleship is, remember I talked about it last week, um, we don't get saved, we don't sign the card, somebody says, hey, good luck, and, and you just go out there, right? Hope for the best. Just shooting, shooting, shooting for the best. Listen, no, discipleship is a process where we begin to grow more and more into the image of Jesus. What a disciple is, a learner. We begin to learn how to be more Christ-like. That don't happen in two weeks, right? Man, learning how to read the Bible, don't, you don't just open up and poof, man, I got it, Right? No, we need places where we can begin to foster a relationship. And so the church, man, I'm reading the Bible to preach to you the word of God, praying that you receive it, it moves in your life, and you're hungry to go learn more yourself. That's discipleship, right? And so the church provides a place for spiritual growth and discipleship where you can begin to grow more and more like Christ um, as he wants. And so um, I I just want to ask a question, okay? And it's similar to the one I asked, but and I, I want you to take this with you. If you committed to the church, which is God's people, how might it change your life? If you committed to God's church, if it, become a pri- or it became a priority, how might it change your life? 
And what, what would that accountability, that encouragement, that love, that fellowship, what might it do for you? Right? I want to encourage you with that. And man, this is so good. The church has a purpose for God's people. The church has a purpose. So we see a church is a fellowship of people. We see that that fellowship is essential for God's people. Listen, we have a purpose. Um, read with me 1 Peter 2. I stopped. Uh, 1 Peter 2, 9. That's what it says. It says, but you are a chosen people. Now let me stop at that word real quick. God, before the foundation of the earth, had a plan to make a way for you to come to him. You are a people. And listen to how God talks about his people. You're a chosen people. You know, you didn't choose him, man. He chose you before you were ever born. He sent Christ to the cross to die before we ever, ever thought about. And it says we're a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession. So let's stop right there. By God's grace, man, he has formed a church through what he did for us through his son on the cross. Right? We are a special possession. Man, his church, he loves it. He loves his people. We get to enjoy his grace. If you have a relationship with Jesus, there is no fear in love that we um, have been passed over from death to life. Your sins are covered. We're free. We get to go to heaven. We're a chosen people. God's special possession. But listen, with enjoying that grace, right? There's a, there's a purpose he's called us to. And listen, it says that you may declare Now share with others, declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. This will really be the next two weeks, but our purpose as the church is to know Christ and to make him known in the earth. That's the purpose. It is to know Christ. And what I mean by knowing him is we say yes to him, but we grow up in him. We learn more about him. We read the word, the more, learn more of who Christ is. And the reason why we learn that is so that we can give it to others. We can make him known. Listen, the mission should drive your growth, right? That, that we were safe out of darkness in the light so that we may invite others out of darkness in to light. And so we see that the church has a purpose. And now let me share my purpose. This is coming out of Ephesians 4, 11 and 12. Um, it says, So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers. These are the leadership gifts in the church. So we're talking about the purpose of the church. Why does it exist? We're going to talk about making disciples the next two weeks. But simply put, to know Christ, to make him known. Now the leadership gifts are for this. To equip his people for the works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. And so the church's purpose is to help believers be equipped and grow and use their gifts, right? And I, I think about it uh, like this, is that um, we, we equip believers to do the work of the ministry. There's going to be people in your life that I'm probably never going to see if they're not coming here. There are people in your workplace that, man, I, I mean, I'll do it if you want me to, but I'm not rolling up in there with the Bible just preaching to everybody in there, Right? I'd probably kick me out, right? But man, there are people in your context that God has equipped you to minister to. right? Like if you have the Holy Spirit living in you, man, listen, I, I, I think about it like this. When it comes to this mission of knowing Christ and making him known, an army is much more effective than an audience. 
An army of followers is much more effective than an audience. And, and I tell people all the time that, man, I, I love, man, I was a high school teacher, wrestling coach, man, I, I got to do some incredible ministry. Man, I got to run the play so often. Man, I was in the middle of it. I was in the middle of, of darkness a lot of times. And, man, I got to be light. And when God called me out, man, I was running the play every day. And now my job is to equip the people and just call the play. Right, But man, when we embrace the play and we go and run the play, man, we're going to see absolute transformation in this community, as we already have been, right? You know what? We've, we've been, man, I think we baptized something like 15, 20 people in the last few months. Man, I, I've baptized next to none. You know why? Because our people are doing the work of the ministry. Our people are doing the work of the ministry. Nothing, nothing moves my heart more than to see that because this is what God's design is. And maybe you feel like, you, you know, you, you're too far gone or God could never use someone like you. Man, God flourishes. Man, he, he loves to use an imperfect people that only he can get the glory for. And you don't have to be well-skilled or anything else. But man, the church is to help you see that God could use you to change someone else's life. We say, well, what, what are, what's the plan at Connection? How do we want to do that. So if it's clear that we are to do uh, equip believers for the work of the ministry, um, we really have a, a, an essential concept that we take all of our heart and soul members through. It's called consumer member owner. Now right, I want you guys to take this with you. I want you to really lock in. If you've been tuning me out, hey, it's cool, man. Wait back up. All right, let's go. Um, but think about a consumer. Now, if you're getting ready to buy a, a, a truck or you're getting ready to add something to your life, what are you going to do? You're going to go online. You're going to research this product, uh, a truck, and, and a consumer mentality. I'm trying to decide if I want to invest and add this thing to my life so it can satisfy me. All of us, when we approach the church, we start with a consumer mentality, right? Um, is the, uh, are the people nice? Uh, is the music good? Uh, does the preacher preach good? Let's hold the commentary there, Right? But we're, we're thinking, do I want to add this to my life? And if we say yes to those things, we say, you know what? Uh, I'm going to start attending. And I think I'm going to come be a part of this. This is good for me. Like, I, I like this. This is what I like about this church. Now, um, I would say this. Does God want us to stay as consumers? No, because what will ultimately happen is when the church maybe changes some things up or maybe um, um, someone comes that you don't necessarily like or something like that, we're going to leave and we're going to go consume somewhere else, right? And so we never actually become a part of the ministry and the people because we've come to just consume, right? And so a lot of consumer mentality is I, I, I. So we say, all right, well, let's move to membership mentality. And so membership mentality says, all right, I'm in. I'm about to not just consume. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to invest. I'm going to be a part of this. I like the people. Uh, I, I kind of like the way they do things. This is our church. This is our church. So there's a lot of our language um, and, and like we kind of get the people we want, the style we want, the way we go about it. And it's like, yeah, this is our thing. Now, this is good, the step farther. But do y'all think that's where God wants us to stay? No, because I guarantee you, you've been in a spiritual environment where you knew you didn't belong. They, they had their way of doing things and, and they were all members here and they did their thing the right way and you knew you weren't welcome. That's why we desire to help create owners in the kingdom. Now, the owner says, I've been crucified with Christ, and this is where I'm called to serve. This is where we attend, 
And what we do on Sundays is we don't gather in a circle looking at each other and say, hey, this is a cool thing we've got going on. No, we're coming to experience the presence of God, to hear the gospel, to to hear the Bible taught. And when we leave here, we are carriers in the presence of God. We're carriers of the presence of God to the world. We are extensions of the church. We have been called to make a difference. We have been called to be a part of the movement. Right? And that's what I believe God wants to see. And I'm telling you, when there's a church on fire, living for the mission of God, living to know Christ, there ain't, hell itself ain't going to stop that movement. That's what he's called us to do and to be, is to create owners, disciples. And so I want to encourage you and to remind you of this. Okay, Why should you join the church? Man, we've got a great calling to reach the world. And the church, not preachers, but the body, the church, are God's plan A to reach the world. We are the people, and he's given us a purpose. And so, two questions here. How might God change your life if you go all in with the church? How might God change your life if you say yes to Christ and go all in? What might happen to you? But a greater question. You know God wants to do more than change your life? He wants to change someone else's through your life. Second question. How and whose life might be changed because you are all in with this church. See, that's the thing about the gospel is it's not only for us, but it's to flow through us in the life of someone else. Who's hurting around you that needs love? Who's someone struggling financially that just needs to see the love of Christ? Who do you need to send the text message to today? Who do you need to know, man, I'm hearing this. I know right now who I need to invite next week. Right now, I know who needs to be here. Right? This is the work of the ministry. This is what it looks like. And so as I... Finish today, listen to the three things. Number one, we need to know what a church is. It's a community of people. It looks like a family. It's a family to belong to, not a place to attend. What do we need to know about the church? It is essential in the life of a believer. It's how we grow. It's how we're cared for. It's how we have fellowship. And lastly, never forget the purpose. That the purpose is much bigger than us. We are the church and we exist for the world. It's bigger than us. And so maybe you're here today, you're new, and you're like, listen, man, I, I'm listening to everything you got to say about the church, and I'm just new to this. Like, I, I, I'm pretty, you know, I'm fired up about what you're saying, but I, I know my life is not church-like. <laughs> I, I've not lived a godly life, or maybe I've just been out of it. I've been disconnected. Well, this is what happens and, and what the church looks like. It actually has a head, an author, someone who is the actual leader of the church, and his name is Jesus Christ. And this is what he did. For all sin, okay, he went to the cross and died a sinner's death, the death we deserve to die for our sin. He paid, uh, God paid the penalty for that sin on his son Jesus that he may uh, take us from spiritual death, eternity separated from God in hell, to spiritual life with him. He did everything on that cross it took to save you from your sin. And all he says is, say yes to me. Be honest about your sin, repent of that sin, place your faith in me. Not only will I save you from your sin, I'll join you into a family. And man, I'd be proud to say, I'd love for you to join this family. Because this family, man, we're going to love you, we're going to encourage you, we're going to preach the Bible to you week in, week out. We will walk with you and all you've got going on. Amen? And so let me give that opportunity right here. Would you guys bow your heads? Uh, Lord, we love you. God, I thank you for your grace, your mercy. I thank you for all you're doing in this place today. Uh, God, man, you're good. God, you're good. And so, Lord, I, I know, man, your, your word says that the gospel is the power of God for salvation. 
And the simple news of the gospel, the good news is, is that you came. You came in perfect righteousness. For all the worst parts of our life, you knew them beforehand. And God, you sent your son Jesus. He lived a perfect, sinless life. He died a sinner's death on a cross. He bore the wrath of God for our sin. So that through faith in him, repentance of our sin, that we might be saved. And so today, if someone hears that message and says, I've never done that. I've never said yes to Christ, but I know today, man, God's calling me to that. And Buck, my life is a man, I need that. If you would say that's you and, and man, say, I need a relationship with Jesus, I just want to ask you, would you lift your hand? Would you lift your hand today? Is that anyone here that would say, man, I, I need a relationship with Jesus? Man. Lord, as we continue to pray, God, I pray for all of us in this moment. God, I pray you would captivate our hearts of a vision of the church. God, I pray you would captivate us. God, I pray that you would, uh, you would stir us to take our next step. God, our next step is much bigger than just about us. God, lives are transformed through people, through the gospel. And so, God, I pray that today, whatever we need in the church today, God, accountability, prayer, encouragement, love. Lord, would we not stay in our seats when you call us to move? God, would we not just leave out of here again when you call us to take a next step? So God, I pray you move in this time as we get ready to close in worship, God, would you continue to show up, have your way in this place. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for tuning in to the Connection Church Dublin Sermon Podcast. We pray that this message stirred your affections for Jesus. We would love for you to subscribe to the podcast and share it with others. For more information about our church and other resources, please visit ConnectionDublin.com.